Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a crazy couple weeks with illnesses flying through stuff and work being crazy. Indeed. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was like, why did we end up recording late? And it's like, no, yeah, you're right, because this is the first day that it's been relatively calm here with uh, our, our all... Our whole family basically was sick and they took and it came in waves like it was the oldest that was sick and then there was the youngest and it was the middle child. Then it was me over the course of like two weeks. Uh, so we're all feeling better now, which is great uh, because now we can record now we can now everyone's back to normal. They're they're off doing, you know, vacations and visits and camps and stuff. So summer is still happening for at least a couple more weeks. It doesn't help that my recording schedule on most days is up in the air until a couple days out, so it made it hard to try and uh, find an alternate day to record last week. So Yeah, but, but that's all we're good. We're here. Yeah. We're here. We're ready to talk about uh, Special Heroes that launched a couple weeks ago and the new Brave Heroes that launched, uh, I feel like I want to say last week, early, like just early last week. Sounds about right. I think it was the 16th is when it came out. Yeah, so that sounds right. I think we were discussing when we were originally going to push back a day or two that um, they would be out by the time we recorded. So, yeah, it would have been early last week. Exactly. So, well, before we get to those folks, and we'll talk about them a little bit here as well, I guess. But uh, let's talk about the banners that are running right now. We have the Weekly Revival 35 and 68. Risk and Reward Special Heroes Revival until the 23rd. Legendary and Mythic Hero Remix 1 and 2 until the 25th. Perilous Seas Special Heroes Revival until the 27th. Pirates Pride Special Heroes Revival until the 30th. Hero Fest running until the 1st. And Invitation to Tea until the 7th. And finally, Turn of Fate New Brave Heroes running until the 14th of September. Eddie, how did you do on your summoning? Uh, I don't remember the exact order, but I did do a slow roll on the Tea Time banner and eventually got them all, uh, starting pretty early on with a Ferdinand. Uh, and then the Scythia finished out the lot uh, just around the time the Brave Heroes launched. I also dove into the Brave banner, and with Sparks in the Free Summon, I ended up getting all four of the Brave Heroes as well. That's great stuff, what we want to hear. Uh, for me, I didn't do any summoning on the Tea Party banner um, because I was looking to save my orbs for the for the Brave Heroes. And uh, using those saved orbs, I managed to get all four. Uh, I used two sparks. And I have not used my free five-star summon yet. Um, I usually wait until I've... Uh, until I've got three of the heroes off the main banner and then I summon my last one but just how it kind of lined up um I got all four just in normal summoning and those two sparks and I even managed to get an extra corin from my summoning so uh yeah still gonna decide what my spark ends up being but it'll likely be whatever character I want to I want to get a plus one for so yeah, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I had a similar thing where like, I was close enough to a spark when I got that third hero, so it's like, oh, I'll just finish it off and get that spark, so I ended up using the uh, free summon for a spare 
to merge. Yeah, I haven't decided yet, but uh, I will likely determine that in the next uh, next couple weeks. Um, in between our recordings, I have to uh, I have to play with the new heroes and kind of figure out which one um, I could see myself adding to my my normal. You know, here's the thing: I usually when I get these brave heroes, I'll usually have them be those four be my like secondary or even primary team for a while um okay. that i use with all content so anyone i plus one pretty powerful be i mean they're slightly challenging in that they don't always have a well-meshed movement thing unless you're using one of those units that requires uh, more variety in the movement team but you know so yeah it's not a bad thing they're usually pretty powerful yeah that's kind of why uh kind of why i do it because they they do feel like they've got uh, a little extra power in comparison to what we're normally getting from special and new heroes, but uh, it's a good selection of heroes this time around. But uh, hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our schedule going forward and uh, what's happening in the game for the couple weeks. Uh, yes, um, uh, we are actually going to be doing a new recording schedule where we only record after a uh, full banner. Uh, that means uh, we'll record. Uh, the week after a Special Heroes or a New Heroes banner launches. Uh, if we have time, we'll try and record a joint mini for the Mythic and or Legendary Heroes when they launch. Uh, but if not, uh, Ryan will uh, try to record one on his own if I'm not able to join him. Or we'll discuss them when we next record normally. Which means, due to our new recording schedule, since we have Special Heroes launching on the 7th of September... Uh, we will next be recording on September 11th, uh, so three weeks out. Not a ton to note along the way out, but that next Legendary Hero is on the 31st, and uh, we were discussing it earlier, and it looks like Ryan will be doing a solo mini if he has time. Uh, and al- also along the way, a new Bound Hero battle with one of the versions of Alir and Celine. Uh doesn't specify which because it just says Alir and Celine, but that'll be launching on the 2nd of September. Very good. Yeah, well, uh, I think this works well for the way content sort of releases for the game, especially the major content. That being said, you know, we're going to try to be flexible uh, so that if uh, like a a Faye channel launches um, outside of our normal scheduling, we'll probably like, well, okay, we'll come together. We'll discuss this. Um, The whole idea is basically we don't want to leave any large pieces of Fire Emblem Heroes content sitting for too long. And I think this will work out quite well in terms of like being able to, you know, highlight when our next uh, episodes will drop. So look forward to that in the coming months as we sort of shift towards that schedule. But as Eddie said, the next full episode will be the week of September 11th there and uh, look for a mini in between uh, now and then. So uh, let's talk about the next resplendent hero, which is Morgan, Lad from Afar. Starting on August 25th, for Faye Pass subscribers, you'll be able to add Morgan and his uh, Moosefell-inspired armor to your heroes collection. So new resplendent heroes, uh, we'll also, you know, sprinkle those in, but we'll save them for our, for our normal main episodes. They might actually fit in with the mini, depending on how things work, but... I mean, we'll probably... When you record the mini, you'll probably have to mention at least mention who the next one is, because by the time we record our next full episode, that one will be out. True. Yeah. Because it's usually out around the tenth, ninth or tenth. Yes, 
it'll it'll be a good fit for the mini too. Like, I mean, if you look like looking here at Morgan uh, Lad from afar, uh, again, like this goes into like the conversations of um, of of the content for the game. And like the Resplendent Heroes, they've been doing them for a while. They haven't really changed how they do them. I think they've even kind of avoided. They haven't really gone past book four in terms of look and feel, have they? Like we have we gotten book five? Am I mistaken? I guess book five was Asker and Embla. Well, that was book six, wasn't it? Book five was uh, Niffle, or not Niffle? Um, uh, what you call it? The uh, oh right, Reagan. We have gotten we've some gotten of those a couple Nithavlier outfits. Uh, Asker and Embla are you know it's a little. I think we've gotten actually a couple Asker and Emblins, but those. It's hard to tell if it's meant to be a book five reference or a book one reference because that's just always been there. So true. That's probably not fair of, of me to say because we have gotten those. But I mean, I still enjoy what they've done with the Resplendent Heroes. And I mean, looking at you know Morgan's art, I think it works perfectly with the Moosepel, uh look and feel. You've got like the undercloak, the inner lining of his of his cape there being the Moosepel, uh flames. They've incorporated some of those flames into his attack spells. So I think it's it's a really cool thing. It's just, it feels like the Resplendent Heroes have been, they've kind of been standard approach for a while. It hasn't been something they've mixed uh, up in, a, in, a, in quite a while, I think, like since they were sort of... The only real, real way to update or change that would be to uh, really change it up and either add more and speed up how fast they're coming out or something. It's kind of a set thing let's say opt to give you new ways to do get the new outfits it's kind of one of those set it and forget it type things yeah uh but we did not get an announcement uh to those changes uh in the fey channel that arrived a couple weeks ago but we did get the 6.5 year celebration speaking of things that are a little late in arriving uh we got the 6.5 year celebration fey channel early in august and it was the usual half year year of nfa bunch of uh, in-game events, a celebration, a bunch of login bonuses, a uh, handful of quests, most of which is done. Uh, you know, the special maps that this time instead of orbs gave um, free summon tickets for a unique banner that put uh, similar to the arena banner. It had only uh, four-star uh, four focus heroes or... Not four star, no, the special heroes, special revival heroes. The four star uh, boost heroes from the special banners. Uh, uh, but like I said, most of those are done. The only thing still lingering around is the hero fests and the bunch of quests that are running till September 1st. So you can get those as you want. Uh, also in this Fae channel, there was the teaser of the T heroes, which we'll be discussing shortly here in a moment. Uh, they are also announced uh, the usual revival banner update, where they took a bunch of heroes out of the five star pool, moved them to the special rate pool, uh, and noting about the upcoming legendary and mythic heroes getting rework. Uh, I think they went over Sigurd and uh, Freya in the Fey Channel. Uh, and are the remixes live now, or they're coming up soon? I think you said there are some live now, so they're probably live now if you want. Yeah. Uh, did you? So it was an interesting change. You had mentioned that we weren't getting orbs for completing the special maps. We got uh, summon tickets, which, like, from a value standpoint, 
that's five orbs versus the one times 10 days, but you are limited to summoning on that special banner that they had. Uh, but, but that was, that special banner was like a guaranteed five star every single time. Right. Yes. Which is kind of crazy. I had a lot of five stars to sort of, uh, clear. They were all older characters, I think from the first three years. Uh, I'm not sure how far back the special heroes are running now in the special rate, but yeah, it's like first three or four years, all those special heroes. And because the game is the game, which is mildly annoying to me, the, um, uh, oh, what should we call it? The, um, you don't get to pick your orb colors, you know, unless you're doing a special summon. So, you know, and I think it happened to me on the T banner. I had the, um, had enough pity breaks at one point where the little, you know, guaranteed next one is going to be a focus hero situation. And I think that was when I was still looking for Lysithia and ended up getting a ring with no colorless orbs and got one of the other heroes, a spare one of them. It's like, I did not want that. So. Yeah, but it I I didn't really like summon based on like trying to get a specific hero i was just summoning but i i did have a lot like i said it was like i think i only got one i didn't i didn't mention it in our 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 summoning but i think i got one character i didn't have before uh there was a i kind of i don't have i I was focusing green hoping for spare lists but right winter lists are yeah few and far between because i'm not you know spending orbs to summon on the original banner ones are uh revival i do my free one but yeah and that but yeah they were guaranteed five stars because they were all special heroes and i think all these special heroes in the special rate pool are um at least or i don't think we've gotten to the point where the four star focus was existing yet and i don't know what they're going to do when that happens or if they that character just moves into the five star pool banner at that point We'll find out when we get there. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, we will have to see how that works out uh, when we do get to that point. Uh, but what one thing I did want to kind of discuss, uh, kind of connected to the Faye channel, is that um, while uh, working on the Brave Heroes, I was doing some spare summons on the Red Orbs, trying still trying to get Lapis because, despite all the time and hunting for red units at times, I still had not gotten it. So kind of feels like the three to four star pool is getting a bit bloated. And do you have any thoughts on, do you feel that's the same way? Or do you think that, uh, you know, just having a deep, deep pool of constant heroes? Or uh, did they try and fix that some and I just forgot? Uh, for me, you know, summoning... Like, I don't do a lot of, like, post-release summoning. I'm usually summoning, like, on the active banner, and then whatever happens after that is is a nice surprise, I guess. But you are you are right. Like, sometimes when they're adding new characters directly to the three three four-star pool, it can be like, oh, I'm going to get that character eventually just in normal summoning, but it takes a while, yeah. you know, to yeah, happen. Now that, now that eventually is no longer within a month or two, it's within three or four months unless I do some heavy summoning. Right. Now... Or longer. <laughs> the example of, of Lapis, uh, I did just get her, um, I think, a couple weeks ago. So, like, it did it did happen eventually, so maybe it's not as bloated as we think, but there are a yeah, lot of heroes I guess it's just 
RNG being mean to me because, you know, when I was summoning on the T banner and the Brave banner, I was, you know, while I was still looking for the red color, red hero, I was summoning quite a bit and just never got her. Yeah. Kept getting everyone else. Like I said, it took a while, but it, I like I'm all for them uh, trimming. You know, this game's been around around a long time, and I, do we normally we normally do get like a pool shift, but it doesn't usually happen at the six point five year, right? It happens. Have they actually pool shifted three and four star pool, or just the you know five star pool to the special rate pool? Because. Uh, uh, after a while, they determined that the uh, four star focus is going to go s- move to the three to four star pool after the banner. So, right, yeah, I'm not sure. I I feel like they have removed characters like the you know year one two from the normal pool, but are we, we're talking about. Uh... I, I still get lists in the normal pool. It might be that there's two pools, and some pools won't. Some banners won't have characters like lists in them, but yeah. It's a. Let's see, I know it's a launch hero, and she still pops up from time to time on banners for me. Huh. Well, then, yeah, then they definitely need to. I, I think the struggle there becomes and, like. And the other part I was looking at is the special rate pool is going to starting to get pretty big there. You know, so if you're like focus, hoping to try and get, uh, let's say you're trying to plus ten, you know, a year one five star Crom or whatever, or year one Lucina. It's getting a lot harder to get her because the pool's so deep now. Or getting deeper. I mean, I'm all for them finding a way to to make it easier to summon, you know, specific characters. Like if you are looking to waiting for another focus is like like a focus banner is 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 not the ideal it's not it's not the best way to solve it. I guess their solution is the revival banners, because those give those five stars at least, not the special not the Three to four star pools, but the five star pool is a bit of a boost. Yeah, but I mean that works for me, right? Because of the, the way I summon. But for folks who are trying to like, if you're trying to plus ten something, and you don't have the right amount of orbs when that banner's running, that's got to be pretty frustrating, right? So like, I, I'm guessing a lot of folks are hoping they try to find some sort of solution to that specific uh, issue. But although if you're extremely determined to plus 10 something you're gonna save up your orbs until that banner comes around again yeah so. perhaps i mean it, it really depends on how you play the game if you're free to play it, you might find yourself buying orbs <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's yeah. uh it's a tough one i mean a game being around for this game being around for almost seven years like you've got a lot of content i think they announced or i was reading on the reddit like the thousands hero is going to be happening soon if not next uh in a couple weeks i think speaking of they probably need to add some more reserves <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah more reserves or expand the number of gears you can keep in your barracks or both because you know there are times when i'm running short on space reserve space at least you know my vote is for is there- uh more space uh if, yep. they're, if they want us to pick one but well, you know, let's let's talk about the characters that are uh, continuously releasing. We have a new special heroes banner that uh, that is running. Invitation to tea. Moving on from a thieves festival, it's time to tea party. Three houses and genealogy of the holy war combines their love for tea with special heroes to celebrate all things 
T. From three houses, we have Lysithia, Ferdinand, and Mercedes, joining uh, Era as the harmonized hero pair. For Genealogy of the Holy War, we have Sigurd, Era, and uh, Tealtu. So a good selection of heroes who enjoy tea. Um, and we'll kick things off with Lysithia, Tea Sweetener. The Golden Deer's own Lysithia has come to join our tea party. Lysithia is a colorless tome flying hero wielding baked treats. Uh, she has two new skills. The first is Mastermind in the A slot, and the second is Desperation 4 in the B slot. Rounding out her kit is Glimmer as a special and Attack slash Speed Oath 4 in the C slot. So I think it's very fitting that Three Houses is part of this banner because I feel like T was like a big part of that game. You literally could have T with uh, any and all characters. So yep. uh, makes sense. Tea time makes perfect sense for Three Houses. I have, once again, Genealogy is one I've not played because, you know, they don't want to give it to us. Uh, so I don't know how big T was in there in that game. I mean, based on Sigurd's discussions and Ira's discussions, it wasn't, you know, super common because Ira seems, you know, although that might just be more her inability to relax, but Sigurd doesn't seem to be, you know, it seems kind of foreign to Sigurd as well, doing a tea party. Tail two just dove in deep head first, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. You seemed confused about Scythia's weapon there. I did. I I think it was just the way I was reading it. But yes, baked treats. Uh, like all special heroes, uh, their themed weapons don't always sound like the best weapons. But uh, she was also, she really, I think the other thing was like, she also really loved sweets in her game. Oh, yeah. She was, she's, she's not a child, but she is quite obsessed with sweets. Yeah. She's a big fan of sweets. So it just, I, yeah. I guess it just threw me off for some reason. Like, why would she be using them as a weapon? That she'd want to, like, eat them, right? Like, she wouldn't want to waste them as a weapon. And I believe part of the uh, side discussions in the Tempest Trials or, uh, was about her off eating them. <laughs> yes, of course it was. Of course it was. Uh, so who do we have next here? Next is Sigurd, proper poor. Sigurd joins the spanner from genealogy. He has a blue tome cavalry unit wheeling a teapot and tray with cups and snacks on the tray called Knightly Manor. Uh, he has a unique special called Chivalric Aura and a few tier four skills with a new one called Remote Sturdy and Seal Res Four. So Yeah, and you're right. We don't know we don't know exactly like uh, whether Sigurd really enjoyed tea parties and such, but he looks pretty happy here. He looks pretty happy to be wielding. Uh, he, and it says perfect pour, but, you know, well, he didn't spill a drop. Of it. Like when he gets hit, he's still kind of intact. So maybe he really does have the perfect pour. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, next up, we have Ferdinand Highborn Sipper, the scion of the Adrestrian Empire's house Agar. <laughs> Ferdinand is. Did I pronounce that wrong? <laughs> Uh, you know, you could ask Ferdinand von Eyre how he pronounced his last name, but <laughs> he'll gladly yeah. tell you multiple times ever, over and over again. It's been a while, but you're right. Which I should know. Slightly sad because the guy who originally did it is no longer with us, which is why you have a new voice actor here. But Oh, that's right. Yes, he did pass away. That is uh, that is very unfortunate. So the new voice actor is here. Um, I'll have to. Uh, so do we know who the new voice actor is? Uh, he's in the game. I don't have his name off the top of my head, but that's true. I don't. I don't uh, have it either. What 
what are some more details about the character before I set sorry unfortunately disrupted you while I looked that up? Oh yeah, that's fine. Um so uh the scion of the Adrestrian Empire's house Air AR and I already forgot it. You said it and then I forgot it because we got off topic. What is it again? As Ferdinand will tell you, he is Ferdinand von Eyre. Eyre. Ferdinand von Eyre. Ferdinand is here to attend the tea party. As the heir to a prestigious noble family, Ferdinand has some strong opinions about tea. Ferdinand is a green tome flying hero wielding tea time set plus and is the four star focus on the banner. He has no new skills, but rounding out his kit is rally speed slash resistance plus as an assist, wind sweep three in the B slot, and speed slash resistance rain three in the C slot. So, Eddie, did you okay. determine yep. the voice actor, uh, the new voice actor? Uh, the me? new English voice actor is Rico Fajardo or Fajardo, F-A-J-A-R-O-R-D-O. So, okay, very good. Replacing the sadly no longer with us Billy Kometz, who was in Three Houses, Three Hopes, in the original version of him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and so you know, being a like I mean, this fits very well for him to be uh, on this banner because he was a big he was a big proponent of of tea. And oh yeah, he, he was very much about nobles and having their tea time and all that. Yeah, and it being a noble pursuit to have tea and all that. Exactly. If I recall correctly, in um, Three Houses, one of the gifts you could give him was a tea set that he mm-hmm. loved mu- impressively or very much. But, Indeed. Uh, next, we have our harmonized hero, Ira and Mercedes. Mercedes. Well, <laughs> at least <laughs> you're not the me. only one screwing up their names. <laughs> Mercedes joins Ira, Ira at trying to get the ladder to relax a little and shows up on the banner as a red sword cavalry unit wielding T times edge, which looks like a kind of long knife you would use to cut a cake. Nice and, you know, fancy looking. Uh, might even be decently sharp, especially being used as a sword here. Uh, but, you know, full sword-length version of it. Uh, she has two new skills, a unique new special, uh, or new unique special called Supreme Astra, a new tier four version of Desperation skill called Flow Desperation. Yeah, and as you say, she's got more of like a cake cutter uh, weapon here, but you know what, I, I, would, uh, I would still not want... I would still not. Yeah, it, it, she will not, no doubt find a way to use that as a weapon. She looks very determined, and uh, yeah, having the having a, a a pair a harmonic not a harmonic duo. What is this one? Harmonize. So Harmonize harmonic might be the right way to phrase it. I think harmonic harmonic is the uh, the same game. I'm trying to remember now. There's like two versions, but you're right. This is a harmonized hero. Well, so the duo like, hero is the characters from the same game. The oh, it's just a duo hero. Harmonized okay. hero are the ones that it's two different games. Yeah, there is a lot. Two games to working in harmony. Yeah, there's so much to this game, and they just keep adding to it. So maybe, maybe we don't want them to mix things up. Maybe we just want to keep it the way it is, so that we don't have to remember the 16th uh, variation of of a hero release. So, um, but that being said, we are we are getting closer to discussing a, a different type of new hero uh, in a little bit. But uh, before that, let's talk about TL2 Tea Time Mingler. Here's TL2 House Frey's uh, Ray of Sunshine. She's volunteered to act as a waitress and bring some excitement to the tea party. 
Tail 2 is the Tempest Trials hero for the banner and is a green tome infantry hero wielding T-Cake Tower Plus. She has no new skills, but rounding out her kit is Reciprocal Aid as an assist, Stillwater 3 in the B slot, and Drive ta- uh, drive Attack 2 in the C slot. So this is the Tempest Trials unit uh, that was available, uh, no longer available, but you'll be able to get her from um, the... Uh, now I'm, uh, uh, oh wait, Grails, Heroic Grails. I got it. Yes. I did it. <laughs> I so if you it. miss her, yeah, you'll have a chance to get her in a couple months when she pops up in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so she, uh, you, if you earned her through Tempest Trials, you have her, but yeah, as you said, she'll be up, uh, probably October, probably for the, for Heroic Grails. I think so. I think it's usually two months, more or less. Very good. Could be wrong. Hard to tell. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get into the Brave Heroes Fey channel. Uh, although it's, it was just it was just a Fey channel to highlight the Brave Heroes, we got a second Fey channel this month, as usual, with a short intro to the Brave Heroes and the Grand Hero Battle Unit, which is Cyril, and the announcement of the yearly Dragonflower boost, so every unit can have five more Dragonflowers than they could before. So, hopefully, you've been saving your Dragonflowers and you're ready once again to upgrade your favorite units. Plus five. And you might still have a few days. They added like a thousand dragonflowers to the forging bonds for the brave heroes as part of it, of each type, to give you a chance to get a few extras if you're running short. <laughs> yes. Well, a thousand is a good chunk. The way they wrote it, I think that's on top of what you would have gotten normally. I don't know for sure, though. But yes, a thousand is a decent chunk. So if you haven't done it, done it you might want to make sure you hop into forging bonds this time around. Although I usually try to. (laughs) But uh, that banner is called the Turn of Fate banner. The brave heroes are here and the women are bringing in a new feature to the game uh, with terrain effects, uh, which trigger off of certain requirements based on the unit. Joining them in is the Grand Hero Battle unit, uh, Zero from Three Houses. Uh, The first one we have on this banner is Robin, Exalt's Deliverer. Mel Robin from Awakening won the men's division this year and shows up in a fancy cape as a red sword infantry unit, wielding a sword given to him by Krom called Deliverer's Brand. Uh, he comes with a unique C skill called Tip the Scales and a new tier 4 B skill called Gambit. It uh, might be a completely new skill, this Gambit one, because I think when I was looking it up, I didn't see anyone else with it listed, even the three star version or tier 3 version. So. You know, Robin's been around in uh, Fire Emblem Heroes for a while, but I feel like uh, this 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 version looks uh, very cool. Uh, honestly, like it, it just seems like a character that's been around for so long that's been popular in the game. So it has many variations. It, it can be tough to be like, OK, finally, uh, he wins the brave heroes. And I guess um, female Robin will likely be a. a a winner at some point i I can't remember if they made it so that male and female versions of avatars are not able to both get brave versions we'll Hmm. see next year if robin and corin are still up there yeah that's a good point i don't know i know i know for three houses they merged the war and student arc votes but yeah that that was a case of whichever arc got the most votes that would be what the character's design would be based on I can't remember if avatars were each separate. I mean, they were in separate. They were in separate divisions. So theoretically, female Robin should have a chance to get a brave version, and male Corn. 
But I feel like this is a very good, uh, a very good design for uh, male Robin here with the brave design, and feels like once again sort of like a post-ending uh, look and feel for Robin. You know. Yep. Which have been what a decent number of the brave heroes. Once in a while, with unique ones like uh, Alm and Celica, they get their uh, classic look as opposed to their Valentian look. You know. Echo's look, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, next up, we have Soren, Radiant Confident, Confidant, sorry. As the Grail Mercenaries uh, strategist, Soren puts his keen mind to work in supporting Ike. The continent of Tellius uh, was shaken by two great wars, and during those conflicts, Soren and Ike fought and grew together. Soren is a green tome infantry hero wielding Archsage Tome. He has two unique skills. The first is flare as a special and the second is rare talent in the a slot rounding at his kit is uh magic null follow in the b slot and times pulse four in the c slot so uh what feels to be like i don't i don't have a lot of experience with with soren because again i haven't played the Tellius series to completion but once again kind of feels like a like a solid like post game he's sort of ascended to his uh and they talk about this in the forging bonds but his like he is the arch sage now, which is kind of like the top position for for what what Soren was doing in the game. Yep, uh, Soren Jumans was kind of interesting with him interacting with his child self that we summoned a couple years ago. Yeah, it was kind of like a little bit of a look back to like how Soren came to be with the Grail's mercenaries and where he was before that. And I, I don't know if they delve into that in, in the Tellius games, but like the, the fact that they kind of focused on it here using the child uh, hero we summoned before. I feel like it gets discussed probably in the Tellius games, maybe as a support conversation. So don't know yeah. for sure. Because what Tellius games I've played has been a long time and they're not easy to get a hold of anymore. Not anymore, but maybe Nintendo, maybe soon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I, as much as I want them, I still want uh, genealogy and um, Thracia and Binding Blade first. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, next, we move on to our next special hero, Gulvig, Seer Beyond Time. The internet is going to internet, and a brand new original character won the women's division as a villain in Book 7. No clue why, looking at her. Or outfit when they introduced her. No idea at all. Uh, she joins here as a blue tome flying unit wielding the cycle's turn, which creates a the terrain effect called Divine Flame. Divine Vein Flame. Uh, that drops a line of uh, fire on... Blah, 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 drops a line of fire on the opponent that you attack uh, five spaces wide. So, she... Put some damaging stuff in down after she hits hits her enemy. Uh, she comes with a new unique uh, with a unique skill called Gold Unwinding and a new Tier Four Sparrow skill called Flared Sparrow, as well as I think a bunch of other Tier Four skills. Yeah. Now, have you had a lot of uh, experience with like sort of the tile effect that she has? Uh, not a ton because I haven't really played with her uh, specifically. I did level her up through the Tempest trial, but that was mostly autoplay. So yeah, need to build a new flying team or build a t build her into a team and take a look at that some more. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I threw it to you, but uh, um, I'm also guilty. I haven't really uh, e- explored it a lot. But but this is the thing. Like, it's a brand new effect added to the game. It's a pretty big deal. Um, obviously, it's something that we we, we should talk about uh, in the near future once we've once we've had some experience with it. But like going forward, it's likely to be added to other heroes, too. So we'll have other opportunities to, to discuss it. Um, and it seems fitting for, you know, a villain to have this type of power, like sort of a corrupting. Although I think in this case, it's like a more of a fire effect uh, on the ground. But I, I think it's really cool. And I will note that it is the flared sparrow that actually causes the divine vein flame. I misunderstood it initially. Uh, but, okay. So if that is inheritable, we might be able to give it to other people if you want. Uh, but yeah, and I'll admit of the two, this is probably, I guess they're not both oh, utterly amazing, but this is kind of hard to f- label it. It's kind of basic, if that makes sense. I mean, it acts as difficult ter- terrain for foes with range equals two, so it costs an extra movement um, and deals damage at the start of a turn, so... Maybe it's more interesting than I thought. I was thinking of uh, Corrin's, which I believe reduces your damage, the damage you take to a degree, mm-hmm. if your units are standing in it. Uh, why don't you go over Corrin and we can discuss her uh, terrain effect. Sure. Um, yeah, well, actually, uh, you know, before that, I had a question. Because um, obviously oh, Gullvig, uh, and they play into this in, in the Forging Bonds, she looks a lot closer to her design as Sather. So again, like leaning into the fact that like all the characters we've met in book seven uh, related to Sather are, are all, well, they're all Sather at one point in the timeline. And I guess it helps that they uh, released the Brave Heroes so late because it gave them time to reveal that before she showed up. Yeah. <laughs> confused us. You're right. I wonder if it imppacted their um their story choices or if it was just like, oh, this is happy happy I would timing. I hope not, but maybe. And yeah. I will admit as they reference as they note in the um uh as they note in the Forging Bonds, this version of Gulvig looks a lot closer to Sather than the other version. Yeah. Yeah, and the story for the Forging Bond basically is kind of weird too because like when we talk about the story and how the story is unfolding, the forging bond kind of feels like a fast forward to a possible ending to this story, which is basically like we keep failing. And it's actually like a, what if where um, Anna and Alphonse have fallen to Golvig and their solution is like, okay, well let's try this one thing we haven't think, tried yet. I think they haven't fallen to her, but they're out trying to find a solution or they're, they're away from the castle. Uh, I, I took it as they were, they had already passed, but then Sharina was being awful joy, joyful. So maybe, maybe they, maybe you're right. Maybe they were just like, they had fallen and they're like captured or I mean, something. It's good since I watched the opening, but I thought the opening suggested that, oh, they're out doing something, but while they're out talking to someone or doing something, but while they're doing that, maybe we can do this to help us in the meantime. Right. Well, that being said, like it felt it felt interesting in that like they in this specific scenario, they're like, hey, what if we summon Golvig and try to have her take herself out? I thought that was like an interesting approach that only kind of works within like a what if forging bond, because like they obviously it wasn't part of the well, we don't know for sure if it's going to be part of the main story, but it's interesting that they can explore that kind of like 
well, what if we just summon the bad guy and and then they're forced under contract to work with us? Like they kind of, it's an interesting like corner they've backed themselves into and like, well, if we can summon anybody and summoning them means they have to fight for us, what if we just summon the yeah. bad guy? You know? And I'm not sure how much what if there really is because they've never really explained how these all work. And a lot of times it seems like they act like these things are actual canon for the storyline. So it might actually be we've somehow summoned a version of Wolvig. And this actually did happen where we were getting beat down. But yeah, it talks like it's a lot worse than things seem in the main storyline. So hard to say for sure if it's what if or not. It is an interesting concept of throwing, you know, the summoning the villain and it's kind of one that they they back themselves into by giving the internet free reign. That's true. Yeah. They they never yeah. really have they don't set exclusions for like these voting or not voting gauntlets, what? but the choose your legends is kind of like if a hero Which is introduced I would argue is technically it. a good thing, but it is does lead to weird situations like the current big bad villain is suddenly a brave hero. Yeah, yeah. And they have to figure out how to write a storyline where somehow that makes sense to do. I think it's fun to keep intelligent systems on their toes. I think that's fine. Uh, and I think they did a really good job uh, with this specific um, scenario that they've backed themselves into. But uh, yeah, sorry, before we uh, before we went on that tangent for the Forging Bonds, uh, you were asking about Corrin. So let's talk about Corrin. Uh, silent bloodline here's corin wearing the regal attire of the queens of vala her true home having fought her way through battle after battle corin grew determined to use the power of vala within her to protect her friends corin is a colorless dragon armored hero wielding vala stone she has two unique skills the first being realms united in the a slot and counter roar four in the b slot rounding at her kit is armored flow as a special and a slash s far save three in the c slot so um you were asking about uh what what her uh tile of effect is yes hers is divine vein stone uh off of her vala stone which uh, when ally uh it when allies you when she and allies are standing in it it grants defense res plus six during combat and reduces foe damage from foes specials by 10 during combat so uh and also cuts aoe specials uh down by half uh excluding rucker area effects of specials of course so it is you know a more defensive uh terrain effect here right so the terrain effect can be like a uh like can be a support terrain effect as well which kind of works for corin and the dragon vein because Yes, like and here it, we have a, a Revelations version of Corrin. Yeah, one. yeah. That talking about like what if and you know um, future post game stuff. This is most definitely like Corrin post Revelations, where she has. Uh, oh yeah, she clearly references Revelations storyline, where she worked together with all of them to finally defeat defeat the Silent Dragon. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Or Hidden Dragon, is it? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember yes. either. Uh, let's talk about the last hero here, though. The surprising uh, Grand Hero Battle Unit. Cyril's Rhea, Cyril, Rhea's attendant. Everyone's favorite, or is that least favorite? Obsessed Orphan joins Faye in 
the GHV as a red bow infantry unit wielding aptitude arrows. Uh, as a Grand Hero Battle unit, he, of course, does not have any new skills. But uh, Cyril is finally here, utilizing the lessons he learned from... Uh, oh, why did I suddenly, suddenly forget her name? Uh, Rhea? Or... No. Uh, Shamir. Shamir, yeah. Kind of looks to be, like, in a similar sort of outfit to what Shamir... Not maybe not what Shamir is wearing, but same sort of, like, style, right? I mean, I think he kind of already did that, because... That looks pretty close to what I recall his original, his normal outfit, normal gear looking like. Like war, is this the war arc serial then? Um, I think probably war arc, or maybe he's the Three Hopes version of serial. Hard to tell. Hmm. But it doesn't look that different from his normal outfit. It's been a long time. Now, is it odd that he would be used as a as a grand hero battle unit? Of course, I, I guess I fought him as a, as a boss uh, when I played my playthrough with, um, with Edelgard. Uh, but these, these additions, I'll say this, these additions to the Choose Your Legend, um, I wonder if they plan these separately. Like if they, if they have a schedule and they kind of know where they're going to... Like you'd think they'd be doing this long enough where they can kind of say like, okay, let's... Well, it just seems like they're unconnected. They're not connected to our Choose Your Legends. They're just like... Who's the Grand Hero Battle unit for this for this banner? Okay, Cyril, throw him in there. Like he was planned a, a, away from these four other heroes we just talked about. You know? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I feel like these days you have to. They have to be doing it like that because I mean, there's not really a ton else they can. Or I'll admit I haven't looked it up, but I don't think Cyril was really that high in the summoning pool maybe he was maybe he was higher than i realized but um i don't think he was that high in the summoning pool you know well i yeah or in the voting pool i don't think he's very high either like i'm not saying it has to be like a popular follow-up if anything it shouldn't be a popular follow-up because because they'll want to save that character for the next choose your legends it just i don't know i guess i guess i'm admitting that i understand why it's unconnected but i'd also like to see it be a little more connected um, uh, there aren't even any three houses characters that won choose your legends this year. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't have any solutions. I'm just complaining. <laughs> yeah. You don't like Cyril. I get it. I, oh yeah. But I'm looking yeah. at it. It is his war arc outfit. Okay. So now pre yeah. pre war arc, he looks far more like a child and wearing like just a shirt and a belt. Right. Pants, of course. You know, just a generic shirt, but it took a little while to look that up. But yes, it does appear to be based on his Warrock outfit and pretty close to his Warrock outfit. Cool. So. Well, we do uh, need to wrap up there. A good chunk of heroes to discuss, uh, but uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Before we dip out, I did hop. I've been still poking away at Three Hopes on my uh, Switch gotten a couple more chapters in to the Scarlet Blaze route and feel like in Scarlet Blaze and possibly because she managed to get rid of those who slither in the dark in the first three or four chapters there uh, early on in the prologue stuff, I feel like her goals seem more reasonable and clear. She's more, you know, less doing far more heinous stuff to get to them. Seems she's doing heinous stuff less often while actually trying to live by the goals she claims she wants to live by within the 
limits that she has. Yeah. So. I have not, uh, I've not gone back to three hopes, but I, I, like, I always felt like the story in three hopes was a really interesting take on three houses. I think where I kind of got the, the gameplay kind of got in the way of me experiencing those stories. Unfortunately, it was just a lot of grinding and, and it was probably my mindset too of like, okay, I need to, you know, get all these resources. Like, don't get me wrong. Fire Emblem Three Hopes was way better than the implementation of upgrading your characters in the other uh, Nintendo Warriors games. But um, yeah, fell off of it. I don't, I, I enjoyed it. What I played of it. I, I really did. I, I, I like Three Hopes. I like the changes they made. Uh, you could argue and complain about um, copycat characters, but I would note and kind of argue that it fits with the Fire Emblem world, you know, especially with the three houses uh, set up where everyone can be everything. And this fits with that, and it's class that are more unique. Uh, you could argue about whether or not the upper classes are as unique as they could be, uh, but because there are definitely some of them where it's like the same thing again and again. But I'd say I think it works pretty well and is done well. Um, where was I going? Uh, it, it took a lot of good lessons from Age of uh, Calamity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my biggest complaint would be the fact that we never got DLC, because it felt like it was primed for DLC. And there are definitely some more characters I wouldn't have mind adding to the roster. Yeah. I've enjoyed what Nintendo's done with their DLC, but um, I'm I'm behind on a lot of my Nintendo DLC. So while I would love to see it for Three Hopes, I am fine to wait a little bit longer. Although the longer we wait, the less chance we're going to get it. Oh yeah, I think at this point, I think at this point the ship has sailed for Three Hopes DLC. But I'm not going to complain if they surprise me with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Summoner's Call. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Drowfear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Although really the best spot to get show updates is our Discord. So that's where we're usually discussing our uh, recording schedules, the content that the game has, all that fun stuff. So, um... Yeah. Speaking of which, the calendar ends on the 10th, the day before we next record. So somehow we don't have a calendar. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll guesstimate when our next episode after it will be. But the uh, best place to find it, at, if we don't have the episode date by then, would be on Discord. Very true. So definitely pop in there, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great couple weeks. We'll be back with a mini for the legendary hero. And of course, we'll have a episode, a full episode discussion of the next batch of special heroes the week of September 11th. So stay tuned and happy summoning.